Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today's episode is brought to you by GoDaddy.com, where you can buy your own domain name, build your site, or use any of GoDaddy's business tools and save 30%. Just head over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com, go to the resources tab, click on GoDaddy, and save 30% today. All right. So getting on to today's podcast. So I was really excited to have physiotherapist Alistair Cran join me in today's podcast. He graduated from Griffith University on the Gold Coast of Australia in 2012. He got a job with a Sydney-based physiotherapy practice, Bodyworks Physiotherapy. Through Bodyworks Physiotherapy, he began to treat extreme sports clients provided the physiotherapy for the Nitro Circus Live, and we talk about that today, uh, both in Australia and New Zealand. And in addition to this, while still based in Sydney, provides the physiotherapy for the Red Bull Cape Fear event. After a few years, he came back to the Gold Coast and started working in a nursing home during the day and opened a room inside Funk Fitness Gym at the beginning of 2016, outside of the 9 to 5 working hours of the nursing home. After about four months... He built up enough of a client base to not have to rely on the income of nursing home anymore and now have transitioned to working full-time out of a few rooms in the Isle of Capri Shopping Center on Villa Roma. So after coming back to the Gold Coast and opening Physio on Capri practice, he's maintained a relationship with Bodywork Physical Therapy and have been fortunate enough to be offered the Nitro Circus Live Brisbane show and the exhibition Ice Hockey Match. In addition to this, he was also offered American and European legs of the Nitro Circus Live Tour. We talk about all that in today's podcast. So today it's all about physiotherapists who work with the extreme sports patient. This is a different population than your average population. And so how did he get there? Well, we talk about that. We talk about how to leverage opportunities early in your career to gain access to high-level athletes. We talk about how he's used social media presence to get to those ideal patients, those ideal patient populations. Uh, We have to talk about, do you need to be a high-level athlete to treat one? Uh, Managing expectations for return to sport, following injury for high-level performers, and so much more. And it's What's interesting is, you know, the the mindset of the extreme sports athlete is a little bit different than your average person that I think a lot of us, myself included, see on a daily basis. So it was really great to get Alistair's take on working with this population. I know that there are uh, some physical therapy students and a lot of other therapists wondering, how can I break into this industry? And Alistair really takes you through step by step on how to break into the industry of working with the extreme uh, the extreme patient population. So, um, I thank him very much for coming on and, you know, it's never easy coordinating with people on the other side of the world, but we did it. Thank God. Um, and before we get to that, I just want to announce that the women in physical therapy summit, it, we have a date. It's going to be Saturday, September 23rd, 2017 in New York city. 
And I can also confirm that our first keynote of the day will be none other than the president of the American Physical Therapy Association, Dr. Sharon Dunn. So we're super excited about that. And as we get closer, I'll keep naming more and more speakers who are going to be part of the summit. And I have to say, it's shaping up to be really great. So uh, if you follow me on Twitter at Karen Lindsay NYC, uh, I've been posting like crazy on where to sign up for uh, more information about the summit. So find my feed on Twitter, click Sign up for to get more information and be the first uh, one to get your ticket when ticket sales become available, and that should be in May. And we are expecting this to sell out this year, so you want to get in on it early. Um, and you also want to get the early bird pricing because why pay extra if you know you want to come, you're available, and you're you're into it? Then get on the list now. So just go to my Twitter feed and and uh, find the big save the date media and click on and um, make sure you get all the latest news. So uh, without uh, further ado, I just want to one more time thank GoDaddy.com uh, for the listeners of Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. GoDaddy makes registering domain names fast, simple, and affordable. Find out why so many business owners choose GoDaddy to be their domain name registrar. I use them for for this uh, podcast domain name registrar and for my KarenLitzy.com, which is my practice. Um, so head over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com, click on the resources tab, GoDaddy, save 30% today. All right. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. I really appreciate all of the downloads and the subscribers. It's been great. And enjoy today's episode all about treating the extreme athlete with physiotherapist from Australia, Alistair Cran. Hey, Alistair, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to have you on all the way from Australia. Thank you. Thanks very much. It's very light. <laughs> yes. So, uh, it's, yes, it is here. Um, so, today we're going to talk about treating kind of the extreme sports uh, competitor, treating those sort of high level, high end athletes. But before we get into that, where did your interest in this population come from? Well, um, Growing up, I was I was kind of always injuring myself as I was always skateboarding and surfing myself. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I was growing up and I, I had a lot of injuries, and that's what made me want to become a physio too. I was I was always frequenting um, their physio practice rooms. I used to go see Julie pretty frequently. <laughs> um, me and my brother, um, yeah, I've had uh, multiple broken ankles, three broken ankles, broken wrists. Countless stitches. Uh, I just I just recovered from a grade three AC separation too. Um, I had to take a couple of couple of weeks off the practice because I couldn't you yeah, couldn't push it all. That was pretty painful, really really painful, especially the paddle in because I was surfing. But um yeah, that's essentially it. And so I saw an opportunity uh, come up in Sydney, so I decided to grab it because it worked in this line of work. And. Having all those injuries, does that make you think twice about doing some of these sports, whether it be surfing or skateboarding, snowboarding? I mean, is does it ever come? Because I feel like in my mind, like if I had broken my ankle a couple of times, I'd be like, you know, I'm good. I'm good <laughs> on the sport. I, I think I'm okay. Yeah, well, um, I, I think uh, this, the, yeah, minimizing the risk. So uh, I still surf a whole heap. Um, I love surfing. I probably never stop surfing. That's how I did my AC joint. Um, I I try not to skateboard as much because 
Uh, it's difficult to minimize the risk there because you're falling onto hard concrete and, you know, if we damage our hands or it's just, it's just really difficult. Like I had to get an extra physio in for my practice. Um, for the three weeks I couldn't work when I did my AC joint and it's, yeah, it's really frustrating too having to just supervise and sit there not doing anything and yeah, so surfing definitely I'll keep doing, um, even if I do keep getting injured, um. Because it's water, you know, it's less chance of getting really, really hurt. But, yeah, the, the skating, um, I, I don't do as much anymore. But, yeah, I, I still do, you know, every now and then I get on one, which is a bit stupid, but it's fun. So you've been working with this population for a couple of years now. But there are a lot yep. of people out there who, let's say they might be physical therapy students or physio students, new graduates, or even seasoned professionals. And they would love to get their foot in the door with this population of this more extreme yep. sports population. So what is your best advice for those people to break into this uh, group of people? Um, essentially, um, the best advice I could probably give, especially for people coming out of uni, um, is do it for the experience. Um, don't, you know, don't... Uh, chase that um, really, really, you know, lucrative sort of job the first year you get out. Just, you know, what I did to get my foot in the door, um, I was doing placement in Sydney while I still lived in the Gold Coast. And it was my last placement and I decided to, you know, go around to a couple of physio practices and, you know, um, apply for, you know, a job there just to see how it'd go. And I, I found this one practice um, and they were the, they supplied the physios for Nitro Circus Live, you know, Red Bull, and they also do, you know, entertainment events too, like musicians and all that. And um, I went to a job interview and I, I, I pretty much just, I got my hands and knees and I begged her to give me the job, <laughs> even if I was getting paid, you know, nothing at all. My first two years, I, yeah, didn't do anything at all. And it can be frustrating, but um, if you want to, you know, leverage you know, that experience to, you know, become a practice owner and use that in the future, you know, you've got that experience and you can, you can use that for advertising. It's just, yeah, just do it for the experience, yeah. especially a couple of years out. I think that's great advice. And I heard that a couple of months ago, I had a, uh, a woman on the show, her name's Rachel Balkovich, and she is the uh, only female strength and conditioning coach in Major League Baseball. And really? She, That's awesome. It's cool, right? So she yeah. said the same thing. She's like, I can't tell you how many places I volunteered for, how many yeah. places I took yeah. the job because I knew it would be a great experience even though I didn't make any money. Yep, That's but, it. But now she has this very impressive resume, obviously. And talk about that was her way also of getting her foot in the door. So I think that's great yeah. advice. Now, the mm. what you may what I may hear from PT students here in the U.S. is they're mired in debt, like $150,000, $200,000 in debt. I don't know what it's like in Australia if the debt is quite that high. Um, so I feel like they'll say, well, how am I supposed to pay back my yeah. debt if I can't get a job making $80,000 a year right out of school, which I can completely understand. But mm. I think if you like you said, kind of have your eye on that prize of maybe yeah. you, you have to suck it up for a year or two, get mm -hmm. some really great experience, and then, like you, you went out on your own, but now you have this experience to use 
to get yeah. more of your ideal clients. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm not sure what um you know like the fee help is like in America, but um you know the the fees um they no they'd be similar prices. Um, but we've got a good loan repayment scheme. Um, so you know I figured at the start when I first graduated, well you know I'm 80 grand in debt. You know what's two years going? You know accumulating a bit more to get some awesome experience. What's what's that gonna matter really? Um, yeah. So yeah, obviously I don't really know like what's it like. What, it like, what it's like for American students. Um, but, yeah, it's it's pretty good if you go to, a, like, a Commonwealth-supported uni in yeah, um, Australia. Yeah, our fee, our fee help and our loan repayment scheme is pretty good. So, yeah, I just moved to Sydney as soon as I graduated. You know, I was living in a share, share place, really small box sort of apartment. You know, it was I a couple of I live in New York. Things. I get that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah. New York's up there with, you know, the price of living too. Um, yeah, so I just figured, you know, what's another couple of years? And, you know, it is frustrating because you feel like you're going backwards and, you you know, you're in your early 20s and it's real. Those, yeah, early 20s are hard. They're hard, yeah. man. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, 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 yeah Agreed. exactly. And you come out and you're thinking, oh, I don't really know much and, you know, am I ever going to make a difference and all that sort of stuff? But, yeah, do it for the experience. It's just... If they can, if Americans can do that, I definitely recommend they just do it for the experience. Even, you know, shadow someone that you're not getting paid for um, to get into that line of work. And then you can put that on your resume. Like, hey, I did um, Nitro Circus Live in New Zealand and, you know, I did five shows there and, you know, I'm quite adept at doing that sort of stuff, and you know, and help you out in the future. What is Nitro Circus Live? Just for people who aren't aware of what that is. Oh, Nitro Circus Live, um, it's um, Travis Pastrana, who's an action sports athlete. Um, he started uh, with an Australian, uh, Mike Porrite, uh, a live show, and it's become really, really successful. And they basically, um, they go over ramps with um, motocross bikes and BMX bikes and just about anything that has wheels uh -huh. nowadays. They go over with rocking horses and bathtubs over these massive ramps and do backflips and Whatever, yeah, whatever tricks you can think of. Every every show that they're they they create a new trick pretty much, or someone does a world first. It's absolutely amazing. It's amazing to watch too. It's yeah. Incredible. So I mean, talk about your extreme athletes there, right? So yeah. yeah. So going in for the experience, working for perhaps slightly less pay, shadowing people. Now you knew. Did you seek out the clinics let's say in Sydney or in Australia that you knew worked with this type of athlete yeah 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 so well you know when I was doing my um my interviews in Sydney I you know I, I saw them and I saw who they were affiliated with um you know on their website and yeah so that's when I went to the interview I did my best in the interview and you know even though she said she didn't really need another physio at the time I, I begged her to give me a job and work pretty much for nothing mm -hmm. yeah so, yeah, so yeah. having a plan, doing your research, making sure you know which uh, clinics are treating that population of extreme sports yeah. or the population you want, look at the affiliations and then just yeah. go for it. And the most important, important part is, and, you know, it was, um, and obviously it, it's, it's difficult, but, you know, uh, maintaining and not burning your bridges, um, for example, you know, um, that practice down there um, is run by Natalie Perkins, but um, because I've, you know, maintained 
you know, that relationship with her and, you know, she's still a great friend of mine, um, you know, she, she does share the work now. So it's, it's you know, you've you got to make sure you don't burn your bridges and you, you give as much as you take too. So, you know, I, I try and give back as much as I can to her because she put my uh, got my foot in the door as well and she gives me these gigs too. So yeah. you always give, give back. Yeah, smart advice. I mean, I'm yeah. a huge, I always tell people like to never burn those bridges, be it, you know, yeah. be respectful. If you are with someone for a couple of years and you decide that it's time for you to move on, just be respectful with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, there'll be times when, you know, uh, Nat will be really strapped for someone she needs. Like, for example, um, the Nitro Circus Live in Adelaide. So, I, you know, I offered to do that for, you know, pretty um, pretty much nothing. And, you know, return in return, um, she she got me a gig for the Guns N' Roses show in Brisbane. So I was treating up there. So, yeah. Nice. It's, yeah. Very nice. Two-way street. Yeah, yeah. two-way street. Exactly. And I think that's so smart. And and because it, it's not all about me, 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 you know, you yeah. have to, and, and I think it sets you, it sets the stage to be really open for different possibilities, you know, because if, if she has this great clinic in Sydney where she has all these affiliations, then mm. obviously if, because now where are you? You're not in Sydney, right? No, I'm back on the Gold Coast now. Right. So odds are she can't be in both places at the same time. Yeah, that's it. Right? Yeah. And so if yeah. she needs to refer someone, well, you're going to be the first person that she refers to, and I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's um it's funny as well. Um, you know, um she she'd have she'd have all these great opportunities when I worked with her for you know the employee. She go, you know what these um these shows are you need to be you know need to need to be um they need they need physios there, and you know some of the physios go oh well it's you know it's um it's it's not it's not the pay that I'd expect or you know it's not the pay that I'd want it's not my hourly fee I'm like you you're crazy these these things are amazing this the publicity alone from doing a free event like that is just you know insane yeah and so yeah you know that's a good point you know oftentimes doing things for free can expose you plus you're you're getting exposure to all of these different people yeah, yeah right yeah. so they it's know that you're the therapist so who do they yeah. who are they going to look up they're going to look up exactly. you so it's yeah. i talk about free advertising Holy cow. I mean, how much money could you imagine if you took had to take an ad out to support Nitro Circus Live? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. much would that cost? Oh, uh, yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Um yeah, but at the same time you need to be uh careful with all that sort of stuff when you're running, you know, when you're running your own practice cuz um they've also they've got guidelines for, you know, the people who they contract with what they can and can't use for advertising purposes and all that. It even goes down to, you know, the, the type of writing that Nitro Circus Live uses. You might not be able to use it for your advertisement if it's, you know, that font or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's so, a good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why social media is so great and, like, Instagram and all that because it's, you know, it's, it is it is free advertising and it's it's not infringing on any, any you know, copyright or anything like that. Right. So let's, let's talk about social media. So um, we kind of talked before we got on the air about using social media to – to reach your ideal client, right? So let's talk, so in your case, you're talking about these extreme sports competitors, right? Mm -hmm. Where are they hanging out? How are you finding them? And how are you using social media for that? 
Um, well, I use I use a lot of um, Instagram. Uh, I honestly I haven't done that much in the way of marketing with Facebook just yet, but I want to get more into that, you know, as I have time. But yeah, um, just you know, knowing people and um, using hashtags as well is really important, and looking at your uh, analytics at Instagram too. That's really important too. Sorry, my sensors in my room just went off. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. So. So let's talk about Instagram. So I am just, so I have used Twitter quite a bit and I used Facebook quite a bit. I'm kind of just getting more into Instagram. So mm. as a physio, what tips do you have for other physios to maximize that Instagram account to get the right people to get eyes on you? Um, you, you, gotta, you gotta be consistent with it. You gotta post consistently. For one thing, um, yeah, so I, I try and uh, post, you know, two videos a week and, you know, maybe two pictures, one to two pictures a week as well. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's also at the same time, um, it's difficult to quantify sometimes how effective Instagram is too because, for example, you know, I might get, um, I probably get like one or two um, new clients or assessments a week off Instagram. I mean, that's but, really, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, really good. It's amazing. Um, also, you know, I get, you know, you get asked a, a heap, a heap of questions. Um, you know, people just message you asking for advice and all that sort of stuff. And that's why I've started to, you know, um, introduce Skype consultations as well um, for that. But yeah, it's sometimes it can be hard to quantify as well because um, even when you're out and about with your age demographic, you know, you might be out at dinner or something like that. You know, people people tend to notice, you know, how many followers you have. And then it's, you know, a jumping off point. People talk, start talking about it. And then once they start talking about it, they say, oh, you know, my grandmother, you know, she's got a neck problem or something like that. So sometimes, you know, it's it's hard to quantify exactly how effective it is because it's probably more effective than the people that just contact you directly through Instagram. So at the start, you know, it might be hard to get a lot of followers, but I keep it up because, you know, people are going to start talking about it and then, you know, if they're talking about it more, it's in the forefront of their head. And so when someone, you know, their family member says, you know, oh, I got, I got this sore ankle that I've had for a while, then they think, oh, Alistair's the guy. Yeah, I, I, I follow this guy on Instagram, and he's not far from yeah. here, and it would be perfect or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so obviously consistency is king. There's no, no doubt about that. Um, yeah. So have you found, did you start out right away doing videos or is that something that you started to add? Um, it's, it's something that I, uh, I started to add. I, um, I, did, I did some research first and I asked around, you know, um, I asked, uh, there's some chiropractors in America that do it really well. They're called uh, Move You. Um, they're formerly called Cali Spine. And um, yeah, so yeah, I did some research and looked around at the type of videos that they do as well. And I asked some questions about how effective it is. And, you know, again, they, they're getting about 20 to 30% of their client base from Instagram and social media alone, which wow. is pretty that's, pretty amazing. That's crazy, yeah. actually. That's a but, um, huge amount. Yeah, yeah. And, um, they, you know, they even said they get, they get regular people that come interstate just for their treatments of, you know, their social media and all that sort of stuff. Wow. Yeah, and... Um, I really like the way they do it as well because it's it's fun and lighthearted too, which I try and do too. I try and um, I get my patients in to do the videos most of the time, um, and yeah, I, I really enjoy treating my patients as well because they got my sort of personality too, which is 
a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and and you're doing two two or so videos a week. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound quite as daunting as I, because I would have thought you had to do like a video every day. No, I, I try and do um, you know, uh, two videos a week. So I'll do one tomorrow, one towards the end of the week, and then I'll do a picture of, you know, myself or you know some some research I've read recently or something like that as well. That's relating to what I'm doing videos on. Uh, for example, I'm doing all Achilles stuff for the next couple of weeks. So, you know, I recently posted uh, an article about you know Achilles pain and as well. Oh, so that's kind of interesting. So when you're planning out, let's say you're planning out your Instagram feed, do you? Mm. So if you're doing just Achilles, do you? Will you then maybe do just ACLs or just shoulders and? Do you have like a social media calendar that you plan all this out, or is it just kind of at a whim? Um, I I plan I plan out um I the the extent of my planning um extends to planning um what particular you know injury I'm going to do for the next week or two. Um, Smart. I don't I don't ch I don't plan it out in a calendar really. I I should because you know they the other really people with really really big social media followings they do. And I will um, eventually, but um, it's all about, I guess, time delegation as well. If I'm only getting, you know, one person a week from social media right now, I'm only going to devote that percentage of time to that, you know, this, you know, the social media stuff. But as it gets busier and busier, you know, I'll, it'll be justifiable to put more time and effort into it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. And I love the idea of, kind of concentrating on a specific area for a week or two and then really kind of putting out, like you said, putting out the research and putting out videos related to that. I think that's really smart and I don't know why I have not thought about that before. I'm going to start and the doing other, that. The other about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the other great thing about that stuff is you, if you do your hashtags right, um, you'll find that your audience will be, you know, a lot of physios and a lot of patients as well. It won't just be, you know, random followers um, because, you know, they'll they'll be attracted to your page and your videos from the certain hashtags you use. And, and so you'll find that you'll have a big social media following that'll be physios and patients and people that really want your knowledge as well, which is great. What are your most successful hashtags or what have you found really work for you? Um... Physiotherapy and physio, those are the main ones. Agreed. I use those a yeah. lot. That's been a big help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Physiotherapy, physio, um, especially if you can get to the, you know, the top post section, then um, you see that you see a really big increase in the amount of activity. And you can look all this stuff up as well with um, the analytics on Facebook and Instagram too. So it's all there. It's all free too, all that sort of stuff. It's like free advertising. It's unreal. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, I really yeah. love I really love the planning out. And I have to say, once I started using, because I was doing physical therapy, because, you know, yeah. in the U.S. we have physical therapists, not physio. But once yeah. I started using physio and physiotherapy, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the amount of followers just jumped by like 200 probably in the past month and a half. And what about um, uh, physiotherapy? Therapy, therapy as well. That's oh awesome. yeah, that is yeah. You're right. Yeah, that is I, that's a good one. I should be using that yeah, too. and that's a really popular hashtag as well. So I, I put those ones in, and I put physical physical therapy in too. Yeah, just so I can catch as many people as possible. 
Yeah, yeah, smart. Um, Physi yeah, I forgot yeah. that physiotherapia, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's probably the biggest out of all of them. And, um, yep. you know, um, traffic, you know, is valuable too. Like it's, you know, traffic um, in terms of social media traffic, all that sort of stuff is valuable as well. Uh, the more followers you get, the more attention you get, and it's, it kind of snowballs as well. And then you get people offering to give you free um, products for your, you know, your physio clinic and things like that too. Yeah, yeah, for you to review, things like that. Yeah, all yeah. the time. But I think, yeah. I think it's smart to plan out your social, to have like a little bit of a calendar. I think it's smart mm -hmm. to use the right hashtags. And obviously, how often are you checking on those analytics? Um, probably at least, um, two to three times a day. Wow. Like it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't take long. You just quickly check it. You know, you might have a five minute break, you know, you just check it. Sometimes it's changes. Sometimes it doesn't. Boy, I'm yeah. slacking. Yeah. I check like maybe once a week or once every other week. I need to up my game a little bit here. Um, jeez, yeah. I'm like totally dropping the ball when it comes to my analytics on social media. I need to get a little <laughs> bit better at that. Yikes. Yeah, but it's 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 all about like it comes back to that time delegation as well. If if you if you can justify that, you know, if you got ten percent of your you know, your patients coming from that um, platform, then, you know, you can, can afford to vote 10% of your time, your networking time to that. And so as it goes up, obviously, you know, you can, um, do, uh, you know, pay attention to it and put more time into it as well. Yeah. So, no, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So mm -hmm. we've spoken about kind of how to get your foot in the door, then how to get some patience, which is good. Now, we also spoke a little bit about, in the beginning, kind of your, how your interest in this population came about. So you said you've had a number of injuries yourself. So yeah, yeah. obviously you can empathize with your patients, you know? Yeah. I, I can feel the same way when I treat patients with chronic pain. I can empathize with those patients. Does it yeah. make you a better therapist to treat those patients? Um... I, I'm not sure. I, I think personally, I think it might help a bit. Um, as you know, as we were talking about um, just before we started recording, um, for example, you know, um, I've, I'm just recovering from um, an MCL injury uh, for my back foot when I'm surfing, and I, you know, I've, I've, you know, tweaked around with the volume of my boards and how thick they are and how difficult they are to move, and so I found that, you know. Um, the, the thicker they are and the more volume the boards have, the more torque it puts on my back knee and the more load that and stress goes through my MCL. And so, you know, I can relay that information to patients as well. So if they're, you know, keen or they're up and coming surfers, I say, look, you know, you've got this MCL. I know you issue, you don't, you know, I know you don't want to completely stop surfing, but an alternative is, you know, we'll get a, we'll get a lower volume board. We'll keep, we'll keep working with that. We'll try and find, you know, a sweet spot where you can continue to an extent what you want to do, but it's also allowing, you know, the tenant sufficient time to recover as well. So, you know, I think, um, I think, I think it does help to empathize as well. Um, yeah, especially with my most recent, uh, big injury, my, um, the grade three, uh, rupture of my AC joint. Um, I've, I found that, you know, it really affects not only, you know, um, your ability to, use your shoulder but also you know proprioception and you know when you use that for surfing and you know motocross and having to do a backflip it completely changes you know your biomechanics and you've got to you got to stuff from scratch almost 
Yeah, like you yeah. were saying, you felt like you had to teach yourself how to surf all over again. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, because you use your shoulders amazing. so much. Yeah, because you use your shoulders and um, so much um, to balance and generate speed and turn when you surf. And so when you lose that proprioception in your shoulder, it just, you know, you've got to kind of start all over again. It's like you, you start, you're using a whole new shoulder essentially because you don't have that joint anymore. Well, the ligament's holding it together. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it, to an extent, um, it does help. But, you know, the point you raise, you know, you, you have um, a friend with CP that, uh, you know, he's, he's switched on. He's really, really smart. And, you know, he has all the capacity in the world to teach people how to squat because he knows the biomechanics of it too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, you know, I guess it's just, it's not a blanket thing, you know. Yeah, um, it's, it's a tough definitions. blanket statement to say, well, the only people who could treat surfers are people who surf themselves. Now, yeah. I 100% think that, like you said, being up on a board, knowing what it feels like, and knowing how to maybe tweak certain things for your clients, that is something that you can do that I would never be able to do. And and that may certainly hold me back as the treating therapist for this, for this, uh, for let's say a patient who surfs regularly. Because, yeah. I, because I don't know what it feels like. You know, I've surfed like a couple of times, but I wouldn't call what I did surfing. Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't say it was surfing. Um, it was more like a somewhat balance for a millisecond and falling into the water kind of a situation, but I wouldn't call it surfing. Um, so improving. what's that? As long as you're improving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's very sweet to say. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I think when, when you're talking about these extreme sports, performers, I think it does help to have a little bit of background. I mean, obviously, you're not doing backflips over a motocross bike. No, no, no. But you could still treat these guys, you know, because you yeah. have, you understand, I think it's more if you understand the forces put through the body. Yes, with what definitely. what they're doing, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. I guess um, uh, the ability to, well, every physio has got it. Every physical therapist has got it. You know, we're not, we're not stupid people. we got that ability to problem solve. And, you know, mm -hmm. if the board's got too much volume, you know, try and tweak it so the board has less volume and it puts less load on your MCL. That's, that's a pretty crucial part of any, you know, physiotherapist, physical therapist's job is that problem solving or you're never going to get that 100% outcome and the patient's not going to be happy at the same time. Right. And then you don't have any business. Especially if yeah, you have your exactly. own practice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. it. Then, then you're in trouble. Um, yeah. And so, so empathizing is good, but it's not everything, which I think is yeah. really important. And, and so for those therapists who might be interested in working with this population, it's not like you have to be a motocross racer or, you know, you don't have to be an expert snowboarder. You don't have to be an expert at these things. But having yep. knowledge of what forces go through the body during these yeah. sports, I think, is paramount. Yes, yes. And that's why well, I guess that's where, you know, your, your biomechanics come in and the physics of it. So if you really brush up on that stuff, it's it'll help you heave. And, and, you know, we were also talking a little bit before we started – about the Nitro Circus Live and how, as the physio, oftentimes you are the first responder. Yeah. At yeah, these yeah. events. So, yep. you know, again, how, can you kind of walk through what that means? Um, well, essentially, um, if for a long, long time, um, we were the first responders uh, at Nitro Circus Live. So, if 
someone, for example, uh, went over a big ramp and tried to do a double backflip on mot- uh, their motocross bike and um, it came off. Um, we had to be the first ones there and assess them as to whether, you know, they could keep going um, or they needed, you know, the paramedics to come over and cut them off to hospital. Um, it's, it's funny, um, what helps the most with that and what I found is actually knowing, uh, getting to know the, the, the people as well because you know that, you know, you get to know their pain tolerances and you, you see, oh, you, you know, you see, oh, Dusty, he's, um, he won't ever tell you if he's got like an injury or anything like that. He won't tell you if he's got a concussion, you know, he'll get up and he'll try and act normal and run up the ramp to do another trick or something like that. And so, yeah, with that sort of stuff, um, really knowing the people and knowing the personalities helps a lot too. You know, if they got a concussion and they're trying to run up the ramp, so to avoid just you seeing them and things like that. <laughs> right. They start running away, yeah. even though they're kind of yeah. running all wobbly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it happens. <laughs> I'm sure. And then I yeah. think that that's actually a great segue into my next question. You kind of started to answer before I even asked, and that's, you know, working with with this extreme sports population. These are people who are tough. They're fearless. They want to keep competing. Yeah. Right? So that- how do you manage injury while still allowing them to perform at some level? Because you know, there has to be times when, when you have to say, listen, you need to just not do anything. You oh, need to it's... let your body heal. And so how do you manage that? Oh, it's, it's really, really, really hard. And um, you've basically got to weigh up um, what sort of injury have they got and what can it progress into if they continue with the show? How many shows you've got left and if it's viable for them to continue with the amount of shows left in the tour and whether they can rehab this injury after the tour has ended or they need to stop right now. But, you know, you, you can you can tell them, um, look, you need to stop, you know, your, your shoulder keeps popping out, you're destroying every single ligament in your shoulder. And unless they're in hospital, they're, they're half the time, you know, the Nitro Circus boys, they are... They're, they're probably going to go back up that ramp. So you gotta you got to really make sure... Um, you got to be good at taping, really good at taping, um, really, really, really good at taping. Um, but yeah, again, it comes back to their personalities and their um, their pain thresholds are all different as well. Um, you know, you, you need to know whether you know Dusty's gonna, you know, he might have a big chug taken out of his leg or something because the handlebar smacked him in the leg, and you need to know whether he's gonna try and just put some pants on and go back out, or you know, he's gonna listen to your advice too. Um, and how yeah. do you word things? So let's say something is very serious, right? So someone has yeah. a very serious injury and they 100% cannot perform. They just cannot yeah. do it. And I know, like you said, unless you're in the hospital, they're going to do it. But yeah, yeah. Which, which believe me, I could, that, that makes a lot of sense with this population. Yeah. Um, but yeah. what kind of wording do you use? How do you make it serious for them? Did you use swear words? Uh-huh. Um, Fair enough. You're backstage. Uh-huh. Yeah, um it is it is hard. Um but you get, you talk them through it as well. You say, look, you know, this this Australian show, you got four shows left. Um this is what can happen and this is how much it can affect you in the future. It's either, you know, delay you know, delay your riding a bit now and have a shorter rehab or com- maybe potentially completely destroy it 
now and have a lot longer rehab at the end of you know the tour mm-hmm. um yeah but at the end of the day you know they're uh, yeah like i said unless they're in hospital unless they're you know unconscious um they're, they're probably going to get back on the bike or you know go back down the ramp so you just need to um hope for the best and expect the worst yeah. i guess yeah um but yeah it's it's hard you just got to make it relatable at the end of the day like any like i said before any physio that's that's the best thing you can do for a patient is tell them like look you know you've 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 got a you've got a smashed up um ankle now but if you keep going you know you you could potentially be out for a lot longer than if you just rested it now for a month or so and i guess that's you know making it um relatable is the best thing any physio in a practice can do telling the person what they can potentially lose if they don't get the, the rehab done now sure and yeah. so you know you're giving so your best advice may be i want you to you know sit out for the rest of this show and the next show and they may say yeah. screw you i don't care but you have given that advice yeah that's it yeah, yeah. You, okay you, you've I done mean, a job they're, they're grown men and women. I mean, they can make their own decisions. But you just have to make sure that you're relating the, the risk and the, the risks and the benefits. And, you, yeah, also as well, um, it's, it's hard at the same time because um, ultimately, you know, these, these, these people, they're, they're assets too. Um, so, you know, you can relay this information to even, you know, the head of the shows and say, look, he's, um, he's getting concussions left, right, and center, he needs he needs to take some time out. And if he's a big, big um, moneymaker, you know, and he's getting paid a lot each show, um, sometimes the the coordinators are less inclined to heed your advice too. So you need to, you know, there's, there's politics in physio and action sports, I guess. You know, if they're a big commodity and it's going to cost them a lot if he sits out the next show, they they may be less inclined to stop him from going over the jump. Yeah, unfortunately, when money is involved, it can really change things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I, I used to work at the Lion King as a PT, and, and we were also kind of first responders. And oftentimes, I would have to say to one of the performers, like, you need to, like, I had a, a performer with, I think, her a dislocated cuboid. Yeah. And so, you know, you I whip it back into place, and I tape it up, and I said, you know, that you're going to need to sit out the rest of this show and tomorrow. Yeah. Like you just need to do that because we need to allow some healing to happen here, you know? Yeah. And and the answer was, well, if I sit out for the show, then I don't get paid. Yeah, that's it. You know, and, and so you just have to explain to them as best you can the physiology behind healing. And like you said, maybe it's sitting out a couple of shows now so to prevent you sitting out many shows in the future yeah they either they they take that advice or or they don't i mean people are human Mm -hmm. beings but i think it's important for the physio to make sure that you're firm in your stance of what you believe is best for that patient right yeah that's it that's it yeah and um yeah at the end of the day that's what physios do it's about um preventing um you know or you know preventing an issue from getting worse down the track Mm-hmm. And, you know, as long as you relay, you know, that information and you do the job as best you can with the knowledge you have, um, you know, it can be stressful. Like um, when we were first responders and, um, you know, one of them would go over the ramp and, 
you know, they try and do a, a double backflip and they, you know, completely destroy themselves and you've got to run over and, you know, check out if they're all right and, you know, judge whether they need paramedic help and go straight to hospital or not. Um, yeah, you just need to be really confident that you have that knowledge as well, especially if you want to do extreme action sports as well. Yeah, and that's where the experience comes in and kind of takes us full circle of getting your foot in the door and maybe working yeah. for less money, working for free, because you're put in really high-pressure situations. You that's know, it. And so if you don't have that background, you're, you know, you're in trouble. Yeah, exactly, because it, it can be quite daunting and um. Yeah, like I was um, talking to you before we started the uh, the podcast. Um, you know, I had a I had a guy once. He tried to do a front flip no hander on a motocross bike, and he under rotated, uh, hit his back wheel, slid off the back, landed on his arm, landed on his pe- uh, the side of his body. And so, being first responders, we run over, and um, his you know his shoulder was clearly clearly out, it was clearly dislocated. Um, and so I was trying to, you know, talk to him to see if he'd had, a, you know, a previously previous dislocation. Because if if they have haven't, um, you can't reduce them unless you know take them to hospital because you might mess up their brachial plexus. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was absolutely not worried about his shoulder at all. He was just in pain and he was screaming about his back and his pelvis. So, you know, that's something you just go look. We need the paramedics in here right now. Don't touch him, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it can be stressful at times, but just, yeah, you need that experience. Yeah, because, that, I mean, it's, I don't think saying lightly, but some of those situations could be a life or death situation. I mean, we've all yeah. seen people fall off these motorbikes and things like that, and it's gnarly. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And so you yeah, really yeah. have to have to, the skills, not only have the skills, but the confidence in those yep. skills. And and that yeah. comes with practice, and that comes with mentorship, and if that Experience. means taking a cut in the beginning of your career in order to get to that yeah. place, if that is your goal, then I think it's well worth it. That's it. That's it. You know, and eventually, you know, um, people start taking notice of you too, and then it won't it won't be for free anymore. You know, you'll right. you'll be the person that they want there, and you know, then you can you can start charging. And, you know, if you niche yourself good enough, you can start charging really well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so that long-term goal is always in mind while you're kind of taking it on the chin for a couple of years, which yeah. <laughs> makes perfect yeah, sense. Okay. Yeah. So I have one last question for you. I probably should have said this to you before we started. Sorry. So I'm going to pop That's this a- question on you. Um, it's <laughs> kind of the question I've been asking a lot of therapists and, and every guest really on the at the end of the podcast. And that is, so knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to yourself as a new graduate, however many years ago you graduated? I, I, t- I, tell, I tell myself to keep keep doing what you're doing, you know, and don't don't look at the money because you know at the start, like the first two three years, you know, when I was in Sydney, not earning anything, it's really frustrating and you know it's it's depressing and you think you're not going anywhere and you're watching all your friends, you know, progress and get home loans and all that sort of stuff. Um, so you know, I just I just tell myself, you know, um, hang in there, pretty much. Um, do do it do it for the experience. Don't worry about the money. Um, it is going to be hard and. At the start of any profession, um, you know, regardless of what you what degree you come with out of uni, you start you're starting at the bottom of the food chain again. So, just just have that in mind and just keep doing what you're doing and just keep just keep showing up to work every day and 
don't don't let it get you down that you're not getting the money that you you'd expect you know from doing five years of uni straight out of uni yeah yeah I think that's That's, great advice and now yeah if people want to learn more about you if they want to find you where can they find you what's your Instagram Um, and all that yeah yeah, physio on Capri, um, Instagram, uh, my Instagram is Alistair Cran underscore physio. And um, my Facebook is, you know, uh, physio on Capri. And, you know, my uh, email is Alistair at physio on Capri.com. Great. And we will have all of the links to all of that will also be in the show notes for this, uh, for this episode. So for everyone listening, if you're commuting in your car or you're working out at the gym or what have you, what have you, going for a run, when you get back, you could just head over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com, click on uh, the show notes, and you can follow Alistair and see what he's doing with his Instagram, which is how I found you was on Instagram. Um, yeah. And I was watching, I'm like, this is, this is good. This is interesting. And so that's yeah. how, that's how uh, the reason that you're, on this episode. So thank you for agreeing to come on. I really appreciate it. It's fun. Thanks so much. My pleasure. And to everyone out there, follow Alistair on Instagram. It is a really good account. Um, Thank you for listening today and thank you for listening and subscribing to Healthy, Wealthy and Smart. Have a great week and stay healthy, wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.